0: So this bolt of lightning shot across the universe and inspired me with the idea that we have to do a podcast. And that's what I wanted to tell you. We should do a podcast. Okay, bye.
1: Okay. So, welcome to Feature Creep, colon.
0: Built a microwave.
1: Semicolon all things fermented foods at home. I don't know. We'll get there. Yeah. Whatever you read on the title is what we're calling this one.
0: Yeah. We'll figure future selves of us. will figure that out in the future.
1: Um, so, uh, this podcast was inspired by the fact that everyone seems to be making sourdough at home among other things and rediscovering all the free time they have to do all kinds of wonderful things. It's been a weird like
0: sourdough phenomenon.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It really has. Um, so, we thought we would just kind of touch on that topic a little bit and use it as a touching off point to have a conversation.
0: would that be a zeitgeist a sourdough zeitgeist?
1: yeah, the sourdough zeitgeist should we call it sourdough zeitgeist sourdough zeitgeist yeah. Ah. Yeah. so uh we have uh, oh that
0: was that was an unusual voice,
1: yeah, so we have our guest Damon um guest slash third third co host um <laughs> yeah. Definitely the a co-producer, a co-producer. Yeah, definitely mm-hmm. executive producer credits on this one. Occasional, oh, sure. Occasional yeah. voice. Occasional voice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so we got Damon, Meg, myself, Ned. Um, so here we go. Uh, let's, let's get into it. Um, I feel like maybe I should just talk real briefly about, uh, putting this in context. Like most people are probably listening to this contemporaneously. Like you'll probably hear this in a week or two from when we recorded it. Um, Obviously, we're still in the middle of the pandemic, stay-at-home, shelter-in-place orders, um, and so that's what kind of seemed to have spurred the whole sourdough movement. Um, it seems like there's a lot of people talking about doing sourdough or making sourdough or attempting to ferment.
0: I don't know why sourdough, you know, I, well, because it leads to bread, and bread seems to be this, like, comfort, atavistic.
2: Comfort carbs.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I want to feel should.
2: better about everything. I'm going to eat some carbs.
0: Yeah, but also the act of making the bread has to be comforting in I some I panic way.
1: bought
2: 20 pounds of flour. What the hell am I going to do? Right.
1: Yeah, and then you can't find the yeast. You know, most right. people, they're usually used to making bread with yeast, yeah. um, which sourdough is bread made with yeast. It's just, yeah. it, um, you know, we've kind of gotten to the point where it's like everything's convenient, right? You just buy it from the right. store. You buy a packet of lyophilized or freeze-dried yeast, essentially, Yeah. Mm-hmm. and pop it in some warm water and away you go. Right. Um. So this But
0: wait, they're freeze dried? Yeah. And then yeah. they reactivate?
1: So uh usually it depends usually yeast is lyophilized, which is to have all the water drawn out of it, um, which is usually a freeze drying process of some kind. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so they're basically um I well, we might as well look it up. Um I'm gonna just do it real quick, Google here. Uh but essentially um so commercial yeast, like you buy in the packets, like the quick acting or fast acting or whatever, yeah. is some kind of lyophilized yeast. I forget the name of the process. What happens is the um, the yeast kind of goes into uh, hibernation as part of its um, process, right? So it it sort of is alive and eats the single-cell organisms. They basically grow in their medium, whatever they're eating, their sugars or carb, carbohydrates or whatever they're converting. Yeah, And then at some point as that... Um, food is used up. They they kind of go into a hibernation state, and so um, oftentimes the fast acting yeast is a, a process of taking the um, like when you brew beer at the bottom of the brewers, like the yeast cake at the at the bottom of the fermenting vessel uh-huh. is a big yeast cake, yeah. and so oftentimes you can just take that <clears throat> yeast cake and then freeze dry it, and then essentially you have yeast that's ready to be reactivated mm. in your kitchen. It's
0: like zombie yeast.
1: Yeah yeah i mean it's pretty amazing um (sighs) suspended animation yeah there it's
0: can we imagine the yeast as tiny cryogenically frozen heads
1: um yes and we can do anything i just want to put a caveat that like it was a long time ago when i learned about this so i may be mixing things a little bit here but generally like don't you know please if you're listening to this look it up for yourself (laughs) don't believe a
0: thing we say yeah why are you listening um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Um
1: and and different yeast, you know, different um strains of yeast, but the one that we use the most common in our fermentation processes where the, whether that's leavening bread or um creating, you know, sourdough again is leavening bread or creating beer or any other kind of fermentation. Yeah. Usually the kind of <clears throat> yeast we use is the um I think it's called uh let me just look up the name so I don't butcher it. Um It's it's a sacromyces um, or Myces. That's S-A-C-C-H-A-R-O-M-Y-C-E-S. That's kind of the, um, that's the taxonomy, right? So that's the, I can't remember the name of the, that's the subphylum. No, that's the class.
0: Great job.
1: Uh, maybe. Maybe the family. I'm not this sure. is
0: a teachable moment. You anyway, can go look it up.
1: Scientific classification um, is is a total a thing that's actually very cool, and we should do a whole podcast about it. But yes, really briefly. I'll make a um, note of that. Yeah, there's sort of at the very bottom is the species, like that's the like the unique name, and then above that is the genus, and above that is the family, and then the order, and the class, and the subphylum, and the phylum, and the kingdom. And so the things that most people are familiar with with yeast is that it falls in the the fungi or fungi however you pronounce that fungi fungi Fungi. falls in that kingdom um and then and then our class is the the sacromyces it looks like um and then there's there's uh, that whole class of of um yeasts are probably ones that typically find themselves in the cooking environment or the brewing and and like that um so to kind of bring it back around to sourdough the two kind of major components of the active biological component in sourdough is um, a bacteria and a yeast. And so the the bacteria that's present most commonly is a lactic acid bacteria. Um, and that's kind of now there's I think there's kind of an important understanding here is that when you're making the dough like the basic process of making when you're making a sourdough starter you're basically just adding <coughs> water to fr- flour and then you're allowing the nominal amount of yeast and bacteria that's present in that flour to then have water and then convert all of those starches and sugars that's present into food and then to thrive and and populate. And so, um, that's basically making a starter. Like you don't really need store-bought yeast.
0: Starter is what happens when you get flour wet (laughs) and then you don't do anything about it.
1: Right, right. Um, and so because of that, uh, it just kind of, and because we live in an age of like hyper communication, a lot of people are like, Oh, great. I don't actually need the thing that I thought I can't get. So I can't make bread. I can just make my own leavening agent at home, ready to go. It's already in the flour. Just add some water. Just got to wait a little longer. Yeah. Which a lot of us find we have a lot more time on our hands, whether we want it or not. We're kind of, you know, trying to, I stay like that home there's
0: and- just like, like you're surrounded in a soup of things that can land on some wet flour and blossom into a little tiny yes colony
1: (laughs) yeah it's kind of crazy um my understanding and i don't know for sure but my understanding is that actually typically when you're making sourdough starter you're (coughs) you're activating the yeasts and the bacteria that are already present on the flour. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily that you're capturing those yeast and bacteria that are just present in your home. Mm-hmm. They may be present in your home, right? but typically it's, it's what already it? in your flour in when flower when it comes from the factory, yeah. unless it's bleached flour. So that's one of the reasons they often say, whatever flour you use, make sure it's unbleached.
0: Um, um, people like set their starters outside and stuff though. Don't they?
1: Yeah. I, um, I think this is one of those things I'm my my understanding is there's actually not a great amount of research done oh. on this and there was um, I'll, I'll have to I can't remember off the top of my head but maybe when we post the episode we can put a link in the description or something or mention I think there's a research project right now going on that people are trying to collect like you can participate in this you can do a yeast collection at home and basically their their process was essentially make your sourdough starter just make sure to report a couple of data points for us. Mm -hmm. And then that way they have a much larger sample size um, to work from. That's interesting. Because they don't, you know, we don't really know for sure putting it outside. um, I, I would tend to think that maybe putting it outside isn't necessarily helpful or not because you want yeast and bacteria that are going to eat that particular food. And if you're putting it outside, there's probably a lot of bacteria and, and yeast that are not really well suited to grow. Mm -hmm. in your flower um now they may do so um and it may that may work i don't know Hmm. Um, but anyway there seems to be some some room for deeper understanding there that that's not currently present in the scientific
0: that's it somebody get on that yeah somebody not me not me (laughs) well but
1: uh, but i i will try to put a link to the study that they're currently trying to run to to find out more about that
0: okay Um, i've made a note sourdough project link
1: yes um so uh anyway so there's so sourdough in particular is both yeast and bacteria Mm -hmm. and the lactic acid bacteria in particular is kind of the main group of of bacteria or the type of bacteria that's present um the reason that lactic acid bacteria is present or the reason that it's the one that thrives so well with yeast is because it's a um it's an anaerobic bacteria, which means that it doesn't it it its process doesn't require oxygen mm-hmm. um so its replication process involves a non aerobic environment or one without oxygen yeah but um it's aerotolerant, which means that it can it can still grow in the presence of oxygen oxygen doesn't damage it or prevent it from continuing to do its anaerobic process and so um other bacteria oftentimes like they won't thrive in an oxygenated atmosphere like they need. It's like why they grow in a damp, cold, enclosed space where the oxygen kind of gets depleted and then they're mm-hmm. able to thrive and, and do that process. Example. Um, um, brewing beer, for instance. Well, no, beer is an aerobic process. Um,
0: Can I put you on the spot? Sorry. Yogurt.
1: <laughs> yogurt, maybe. Um, but again, well, I mean, that's yeah. the thing. Like, so a lot of the bacteria that you don't like that smells bad, mm-hmm. um, like your shoes,
0: right stinky uh,
1: feet yeah like your stinky feet because it's a damp environment that's relatively low in oxygen you get an aer- an anaerobic process i typically what i would say is um when I've, i i had some friends and they asked me about their sourdough starter when i was visiting them in germany before the before before time mm-hmm. um and <laughs> the they were days. like man it smells really bad not like not not like um sharp and mm-hmm. sour yeah not like that, but like bad, like vomity yeah, like, kind of gross.
0: Yeah, like you wouldn't want to eat it. Yeah, and right.
1: I, um, I said, well, you know, you can let it breathe because they'd had it sealed. Um, they'd had the jar sealed, and I was like, well, probably what's happening? It smells to me like an anaerobic process. Like I didn't know. I'm not. I'm no sourdough expert. I took some biology in in school and biochemistry, so I just was like, well, that smells like an anaerobic process to me. My understanding is that sourdough is an aerobic process. So maybe if you take the lid off. It will help. And yeah. sure enough, in like a day they were like, Man, it just made a world of difference. Everything works great. So, um uh but that said, um sourdough is really about the the kind of the bacteria and the yeast working in tandem. Um I think your lactic acid bacteria is producing a lot of the um the sour yes. flavor that yes. you're looking for. Um and the yeast is obviously producing like a lot of that like yeasty Fermentation, like it produces a lot of CO2, mm-hmm. the yeast farts, yeast farts, yeah, and that's <laughs> where you get a lot of leavening. So, <laughs> uh, anyway, so that's my take on that. Um, I and that's how Sue sees it. Do you guys remember that character from? I think she was in uh, um, someone screaming right now, like, How do you not remember the <laughs> uh, what was the um, man
0: saturday night live
1: no no it was like Uh that show uh where everybody was singing was really popular laughing no like it was like a high school drama kind of but people would it was a glee club oh glee Glee. yeah Yeah. never saw it no anyway never mind then
0: i Um, want i'm gonna hold off i i'm about to get crucified on the internet if i say what i really think about that show (laughs) (laughs) i have no opinion whatsoever
1: (laughs) um that's fine uh i anyway um so sourdough yeah so you guys damon you've been making some sourdough how's that been going
2: i've got a starter i've done two starters yeah and i'm about ready to try like maybe making my first thing with it yeah
1: yeah cool
2: so we'll see how that goes
1: yeah i've got um i have the starter i had two start i have two starters as well um but i did a whole wheat i did one that was all whole wheat and one that's um white flour or all-purpose flour just for the sake of science it's, it's exactly just for and they do like well they smell differently they have different flavors um yeah. my understanding is like the whole wheat flour is typically more successful for lots of reasons but one of them being is that it has more a wider variety of nutrients available so uh, the bacteria yeah. and the yeast can Com- more complex yeah it can be more complex it can find more resources that it needs um hmm. the white flour one or the all-purpose seems to be doing great um, yeah. the whole purpose our whole per the, the whole, whole purpose. the whole wheat is also doing great. Um there's uh <coughs> I have also not made sourdough bread yet. Yeah. Um I did the starters, I gave some so I call them Chet and a and Um or Emil <laughs> Emil. Uh Emil is the whole wheat and Chet's the white the white one. Um, <laughs> and uh, it just seemed appropriate naming them. Um and uh <laughs> Uh, Anyway, so Chet has had uh, one child that I gave away to a friend and then she uh, gave away two grandchildren. So I know at least three or four people who are um, making... Making bread with Chet or his Cooking offspring. Making bread with Chet. Make yeah.
0: It. That's like that's the <laughs> It's like some weird version of a chain letter <laughs> right. with sourdough.
1: It is kind of, yeah. Um making the funny thing about Chet. sourdough too is it's like you're just like, here, have this like very active biological agent. Have some.
2: Yeah, take that home. You're right.
1: Mail that off to some friends. <laughs> um I mean it's you know, it's fairly benign, but um, I mean, unless you're immunocompromised, I mean, yeast and fungi and things like that are, are real tough on people that are immunocompromised, so yeah, be um, careful. Yeah, it's, caution. It's, caution. I, I try to keep a fairly clean environment around them so that they're not, you know basically just inundating their, their offspring everywhere around me all the time. Mm. Um, anyway, uh, where was I going with this? Oh, so Chet. So we're going make we are going to make some sourdough pizza dough tonight, or pizza tonight. Yeah, so that will be interesting to see how that goes. Um, yeah, I'm I'm excited. To find out how it works.
0: You know, oh man. Um, there's another thing. So I got the fermented honey and garlic from Brad Leone on Bon Appetit. Yes, and that may that's super good if you brush it on a. Oh yes, crust. Yeah, but I.
1: It didn't. We can't make it, tonight, uh-huh. not can't make it in time. Well, we'll have to, I have some honey. Maybe we can start some and then have some at some point in the near future. Yeah. Um. Yeah, there's a ton of, it's really interesting to me, like the number of like YouTube videos that are like popping up about like I, on my, you know, if you look at your YouTube feed, it's like oftentimes it seems to be things that are popular filter in from other, mm-hmm. like it's not just like customized. I mean, it's supposedly it's customized for me, but it's like, All of a sudden, there's just a ton of sourdough recommendation videos. Like,
2: Well, you watch one, and then all of a sudden, it's like, oh... This is what you're... (laughs) You want some sourdough? Let me tell you, I got all kinds of sourdough videos for you, my friend.
0: Right. I kind of wonder, like, okay, so a friend of ours referred to a third party who we knew in common as a problem knitter because she like hoarded knitting and quilting supplies. Uh And I wonder if like the Venn diagram of problem knitters and obsessive sourdough breeders overlaps in in an interesting or major way.
2: Knit little cozies for your sourdough. Like there's some Mm
1: -hmm. subset of like knitting hoarders. I mean, I'm problem, that's
0: me problem knitters with a sourdough addiction
1: I'm probably a problem knitter like I have a ton of knitting like half finished knitting projects no 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 okay I understand I'm not I understand how much worse it could be but I'm not someone who doesn't knit and make sourdough Tr- I do knit <laughs> like I knit and I make and I'm or doing knitter. sourdough like I've knitted so there is my some obsession overlap. level is low There's probably compared overlap, yeah that's what I'm trying to get at. it's not you know
0: I bet there's like a whole army out there, <laughs> armed with knitting needles and stinky bread product. Stinky bread product. I mean, it stinks in Use a good your way. Knitting but it's needle to
1: stir it up. Yeah, right.
0: <laughs> this, I, I, we should make a merit badge for this. Mm-hmm.
1: We really should. Yep. We need to. We need to get on that adult merit badge website. At least you can yeah.
2: eat your sourdough.
1: Yes. Yeah, you can. And yeah. I, the
2: best thing I saw, uh, speaking of. Sourdough videos on the yeah. internet is that instead of throwing away half your starter, yeah, you actually turn you just throw that in a pan and fry it up and with like scallions and that's salt. what I've
1: been doing it's amazing,
2: yeah. Yeah. yeah like I saw that I'm like, I can't wait till my sourdough is mature enough, and I can do that, yeah,
0: make little pancakes every morning yeah, a
2: little sourdough
1: pancakes, nom, 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 nom. they're pretty tasty, yeah, it looks good,
0: uh, yeah,
1: so you guys made yogurt,
0: we did make yogurt, yeah, um I why did I? We decided we might as well because we kind of were like, well, if we're gonna make one thing, we should make all the dairy. Well, products you also don't things. like.
2: There's a lot of. There's a lot of yogurt on the market, mm-hmm. and you don't like a lot of it. Yeah. And so it was like, why don't we pick one that you like, and we'll just make more of it.
0: Yeah. So I got Bulgarian yogurt, which is the like super bitter kind. Oh, okay. It's got lots. You like
1: the really bitter kind.
0: I like the really bitter kind, and I also I love sour things, but I usually put. um non-sugar sweetener like monk fruit sweetener on it yeah um just to kind of take the edge off because it's real sour
1: um well you might then you might like have you made yogurt much before i've not made much of it but i do remember the one time i made it that um or the one time i was making it a little bit was that as time went on like the second and third generation just got more and more bitter it was hard (laughs) to preserve the mild yogurt Mm. experience yeah or I, more sour like it just got way more intense like I right. on,
0: that's probably good i mean that's probably I'm, an indicator that the bacterial count is really high yeah um so the kind yeah the, the kind i made the bulgarian kind is basically for like intestinal health psycho nut jobs like me right uh-huh. <laughs> it's, it's like you have to you have to be a a culinary masochist or be doing it for an ulterior reason. Like you want your guts to be healthy. Yeah. Um, cause it's so strong. And, uh, so the, the batch that we made successfully off of the original batch. So I bought store bought Bulgarian yogurt. Yeah. And then, um, used it as the starter for the, <clears throat> for the yogurt that we made. And we ended up with like a lot.
2: Like two quarts.
0: Two quarts.
2: Oh, that's great. Yeah. 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 Which is
0: fine. I'm totally going to eat it. I ate a ton yesterday. Mm -hmm. Um, So this batch that we made is not as intense as the The starter batch was from the store oh interesting and so i don't know if we let it sit for a while and then make it into another generation after this if it will intensify or get lesser again right i don't know so we'll probably try though because it's really good yeah i mean
1: i don't know enough about the process to know like why it would go one way or another Mm -hmm. Um, i mean we could probably look into it but um my yeah go ahead no go ahead oh Uh, no i
2: was gonna say but the easiest thing in the world to make is homemade sour cream oh really that was well, I r- didn't
0: say how we made the yogurt yet. Should I say oh, that? Yeah let's, do we? yeah, let's talk okay, about I'll that. Okay, I'll just say it really quick because it's super easy. Um, we fell into the trap of trying it in the Instant Pot on the automatic yogurt setting. And it failed miserably. So <clears throat> round two, ding, was us just doing it on the stovetop. And so you take your milk. Let me find Here. You heat a half gallon of whole milk to 180 degrees and you hold it at 180 degrees for 20 minutes. And then you cool it down from 180 degrees to 115. It doesn't matter how long it takes. You can put it in an ice bath to make it speed up or you can just let it sit. Um, I prefer to let it sit and stir it as you go so that it evenly cools off. Mm. And that buys you some time because you want to pull out about a cup of that milk uh-huh. and set it aside and watch it get down to 115. And right at the moment that it's at 115 degrees, you want to put in the starter yogurt, which is just a big dollop. I don't know, like maybe a quarter cup of the yogurt that you want your yogurt to taste like okay. or to become. Right. Um, and then you put that back into the main pot. And the idea is that you want to heat up the starter without burning it but you want to get it warmed up and then you add that to the larger pot when the larger pot gets down to 115 and then that is what allows it to start to colonize the bacteria. So um, let me just make sure that I'm not missing anything here. So you leave it. So once you do that and you incorporate the starter into the main batch, you cool it down and then um, you just let it sit. And like you can put it in the oven overnight, with the light on with the light on because that makes it a little warm in the oven, but not hot. Right, but like the perfect temperature for that stuff to grow. Mm-hmm. And then, um, it sets. And after it sets, it you, if you wiggle it, it looks like one big Jello mold in there. And then you take that whole thing and you put it in the fridge, and then you cool it. Mm-hmm. I don't remember how long we cooled it for.
2: I think it's overnight.
0: Like overnight or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then it's set pretty good at that yeah. point. And you spoon it into separate jars. We just put it in two big mason jars. Oh, it's yeah. awesome. And then it's done. That's it. Yeah. So really, it's just the timing. 20 minutes at 180 degrees, cool down to 115, put the starter in, cool it down a little bit more to room temperature, let it sit Yeah. overnight. Yeah. And it- even at
2: that point, you can put it into jars and let it... And put it in the oven in the jars. Yeah, if you want to portion it out.
0: Right. Yeah. yeah, You could totally portion it out individually if you wanted to. Um, So, yeah, it's this when we did it on the stovetop like that and we kept it at a steady 180 degrees for 20 minutes. I think that's what really did the trick. Yeah. Because the the first time around, we didn't do that. So,
2: yeah, first time around, we tried to use the do it with all with the instant pot and it's like how it detects and everything is just not working not, not, great. not great yeah so we we did the stovetop method but our stovetop was the instant pot we just uh, just used the you just used you it just to heat used it, it as a, right
1: gotcha. as a burner like right. you basically took off the the program cycle and just did it manual right.
2: manual <clears throat> yep. cycle
1: um
2: we did it on a low we put it on saute and put it on low oh perfect and then our used our glass lid for it
3: mm-hmm.
0: yeah and then so i had it. a thermometer so i would just right turn it up or turn it down to keep it right at 180 Mm -hmm. oh that's great it was really easy i mean it was hands-on but it was super mellow (laughs) hands-on like you didn't really have to do much yeah
1: i mean i think that's part of the drive of a lot of this stuff i mean a lot of people are turning to like very hands-on activities because it's sort of like you like a lot of this is just waiting um right and you know if you can find something to occupy your time like that's great you know that keeps you from wanting to go outside or thinking about how depressing things are or any of that Mm -hmm. um You know, it's a great activity. Yeah. Um, No
0: act of creation is ever too small.
1: Exactly. Yeah. So I think that's one of the. I. I mean, I don't know. I can speak for myself why I. I was like, oh yeah, I'm gonna do some sourdough. Absolutely, because that's a thing that takes like two and a half days to do right, and yeah, you know, a week and a half to get the starter off the ground and all of the things, and that's fine. It's It's not like I got anything else going on right now. Gives you something Um, to
0: strive for.
1: (laughs) I my favorite time i made yogurt was entirely accidental and i had gone to um i'd gone to the coffee shop and got gotten a latte and i'd come home and i drank maybe like four or five sips off of it and i left it on the counter and as someone with adhd it's like this happens way too often it just sat on the (laughs) counter for the rest of like for two or three days i didn't even i couldn't even remember it like i just just like there it is and it just blended into the background of my (laughs) life and um (laughs) wallpaper yeah and then i was like a little bit later you know maybe like three or four days later i I was like i'm gonna go clean that up and um and it also became a thing that every time i went out it was like the next time i realized i was like oh that's too old to drink I'll clean that up when I come back and whatever and I would not see it when I come in the door and I wouldn't think about it. <laughs> so finally, I go to clean it up and I open it up thinking it's just going to be super disgusting moldy yeah. in there. It's perfect yogurt. <laughs> Crazy. And it the funny, because it makes sense, right? <laughs> like you put really hot steamed yeah. milk in there, yep. um, you know, and then you let it sit and for whatever reason the right bacteria fell in there and completely colonized it which kept it then from going bad right Right. because it was like that's you know the lactobacillus is what got a hold of it and away it goes um yeah and it was it was like perfectly good tasting coffee yogurt i didn't eat all of it but i did taste a little bit i was a little curious i was like i'm not gonna eat all of this i don't know that much about it but i'm curious i don't know that much about it it tasted tasted like coffee friend or foe foe. (laughs) yeah yeah it was pretty bizarre um anyway so not that i recommend that's how you acquire your yogurt but <laughs> that is something that might argue for the say the case that there's at least like lactobacillus like floating around in the environment or yeah. present in your environment beyond like
0: well yes there is i mean if you put a if you put a dish out on a countertop and you left it open yeah it would things just
1: fall out of the air fall yeah fall out of the air all of the time mm-hmm. yep.
0: and land and you can culture them
1: yep absolutely the question is whether they're the ones that you want to be culturing
0: right like um, you don't want them to be coliform the, yeah. like what we found in our water supply one time
2: so the the one we watched was like as long as you keep giving it air the aerobic like when you start a wild geese starter yeah. it's like the two are fighting it out yep and you need and you're just trying to make it so the aer- the aerobic Yeast and bacteria win.
1: Yes, exactly. Yeah, you just
2: want them to win after a few days, right? Right. Is
0: that what's called a proxy war? A proxy war?
2: I don't no. know about. I don't know enough about I, proxy well, wars to. No, because it's just the one superpower.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Right. <laughs> it's just the one superpower.
0: Got
1: it. <laughs> um. Yeah. So, uh, I've. It's crazy. Like, there's tons of tons of things you can do at home for fermenting Um, yeah kombucha we need to try kombucha
0: i've done kombucha before long time ago that's where you
1: have like a scoby right and it kind of grows on top of the tea Mm -hmm. yeah yeah that's an interesting one um
0: yeah and i haven't done it in a while and there's a million recipes online or if you buy the if you buy kombucha from the store yeah. You can take the bottle that you buy and you can turn that into your own kombucha giant batch at home. Right, just right. in the same methodology. It's a starter. Right. And right. then you just feed it and it gets bigger and bigger. It's cool. Um yeah, it's pretty great. I the nice thing about making that at home is you get to you can use all kinds of different tea.
3: Yeah.
0: And so that has, that has a lot to do with the and flavor flavors. profile. Yeah. Mm. Which is cool. But that's all I really have to say about it because I haven't done it in a while.
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah. The only thing I know that you should probably do is use like brewing bottles, like the kind that, like a beer, like the beer, like,
1: Oh, the kind are designed to be an under pressure. Under pressure. Yeah. yeah. Sure. You can't just
0: use any old old thing thing. because it will explode. Potentially. Potentially. Yeah. Um, I like on Bon Appetit, Brad does it's alive and he does kombucha and he does uh, honey garlic recipe that right. i have is what well, you basically just smash a bunch of garlic up uh-huh. put it in a jar fill it with honey until it's an inch from the top and close it up and then every couple of days you burp it and it ferments and it's great and mm. it's really good for you <clears throat> and it's an ingredient that i use in another thing that i wrote down that's oh, about what's that um the fire cider that i make oh yeah which fire cider like there was this really interesting story about fire cider like there's a woman who coined the phrase fire cider Uh and it's like it's one of those things that's like common knowledge like you can't you can't patent putting vinegar and this other thing together and be like ah that's mine yeah Uh, everybody can do that it's not it's not like a patented recipe so anyway like
1: beer i own the process for beer (laughs) right (laughs) Right.
0: Yeah. yeah so um this fire cider is kind of like the common name for it. It's not a trademark name or like a, a brand name or anything like that. Um, but it's, it's essentially roughly a half cup of grated horseradish, ginger, turmeric. And, um, I think that's all of the roots that you put in it. Horseradish, ginger, turmeric. Yeah. Yeah. That's right um and so a half cup of each of those and then um it depends on how spicy you like stuff but the point of this particular elixir is to be spicy it's supposed to be you really want it to heat you up on the inside i see okay so um i put in a lot of habaneros that are just chopped into tiny little pieces um like fine minced also white onion and red onion or shallots. And so like a half cup of each of those. Mm-hmm. Um <clears throat> you stuff all of that into a jar and then you fill the jar with apple cider vinegar. Um and you just let that sit. You kinda just like pickle it basically. Gotcha. Um in the vinegar. And then you make the fermented garlic and honey in a separate container. Right. So mash up a bunch of garlic. Um and you don't have to be careful about it because you want it to ferment. You just get most of the papery stuff off and you're good right right. and fill up the jar with honey and you just let them both sit for a while. Like you burp the honey every once in a while, but um, you let them sit. And then eventually maybe three or four weeks in you take the vinegar mix and you strain off the chunks of stuff that have been soaking in there. If you want, I usually reserve some and I um, like immersion blender it up super fine uh-huh. so that it actually stays in the, in the stuff. Right. Um, In the recipe and then I mix the I strain off the honey from the garlic and I basically fill a jar equal parts with the vinegar mixture and the honey mixture. Right. And then, you know, you can toss some of the garlic into actually or like blend it up if you want to put it in. Um, at any rate you let that sit and it gets spicier over time like that gave i gave you ned some yes yeah it did get (laughs) really spicy like the second time we tried it we were like whoa yeah (laughs) it really got strong so uh and all the ingredients are raw like you don't do anything to like heat them up or anything like that right um but this is really good it's got all kinds of sort of immune supporting things in it and it's Eating spicy stuff when you don't feel good is just like a totally common folk remedy. Like, yeah, it makes you feel so much better. Yeah. Um, and so, firesider, I call it like burn your face off,
1: burn your face off. That sounds like an appropriate naming. Burn your face it. off. Bro. Yeah. I don't know.
0: Yeah. Um, but you, as you drain it down, as you drink it, I mean, yeah. one thing you can do with it, if you like spicy things, you could put it in, um, <laughs> I suppose you could put it in Bloody Mary mix. Sure. Um, you could put it a little bit in seltzer water or like fizzy water to make kind of like a shrub. Uh huh. Um, that would be really good. A vinegar shrub. Um, it's really good stuff. So you can do a bunch of stuff with it, but I just usually drink it straight.
1: I, I do enjoy it. I still have some left in my fridge. Um, I take, I take like a shot of it. More spicy. Yeah, we should do. Has it
0: gotten worse since? Um,
1: I, I don't know. It's hot. Yeah. It's very hot. The last time I had it was hot like last week. So
0: yeah, what I was going to say is that as you yeah. drain it down, like you can just begin adding things to the jar and constantly refilling it yeah. because it's you're only going to make it better by doing that. You don't have to worry about draining it off entirely and starting a brand new batch. You just add some stuff to it. And as I usually add to taste, like if it gets a little too diluted from the peppers and it's not as spicy as I want, I'll just toss in a bunch of peppers and then strain them off later or whatever. It feels, I feel like it's missing. Uh It's good stuff. It's really good stuff.
1: (laughs) It's also like, it's, it's also insanely gross. Like, it's not, but if you think about it, like if you think of it in that traditionally, like sort of '60s home cleanliness, like Lysol everywhere. Oh God, yeah, it's, it's the uh, anti- It's this like it's this sort of slowly fermenting bubbly potion in the corner that you just throw your table scraps into, and occasionally right. you take a take a shot off of it in the evening, like when you feel like <laughs> yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah
0: it's great yeah it's so pretty great it's so great so uh you wanted um damon you wanted to talk about the homemade sour cream which we were both surprised it i was think it was so, so easy. easy yeah
2: everything else has been like oh we, you know we had a false start with the first one like sour cream was like four to one ratio buttermilk to heavy whipping cream wow That's right it. So, so just
0: a quarter cup of buttermilk and, and a cup one cup of Heavy cream, and then what? We actually did a double. Yeah, yeah, we did do a double. We
2: did a half a cup of buttermilk and two cups of yeah. heavy cream. Put it in a jar, shake it up, set it on the counter for twenty four hours, put it in the fridge. Done, and it oh, came out so perfect, much better the than first any
0: sour cream we've ever bought from the really. Store. Oh, oh, it's so good. I would, say, I kind yeah. of just want to sit there with a spoon and eat it. Yeah. like it's pretty good.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm gonna have to try this. The texture Uh, is amazing. It's like
0: eating a slightly like sour creamy cloud. Oh, that sounds (laughs) awesome! So delicious. Yeah.
1: Wow, I never knew that. That's really. I didn't know sour cream was so simple.
0: Yeah, it's stupid easy. Like, why haven't we been doing this the whole time? (laughs) Yeah.
2: The next step (laughs) is going to be to make homemade mayonnaise, and I'm gonna make. Mm homemade ranch
1: oh cool now i've made homemade mayonnaise plenty of times um mostly because i like mayonnaise and oftentimes i don't buy it so i'm like oh well eggs and oil here we go yeah -hmm. Yeah. and it it is uh, homemade mayonnaise is really great
0: it's so delightful yeah and oh man i love making homemade caesar dressing which is just like a little bit off from mayo (laughs) yeah yeah um yeah the mayo the mayo recipe that we have is one egg yolk fine salt Uh, dry mustard, sugar, lemon juice, white wine vinegar, and one cup of oil. And of like, it didn't.
2: Makes like nine ounces or
0: whatever. Makes like nine ounces. I don't have the actual individual amounts written down for like the sugar or lemon juice. It's all like tiny, tiny, tiny It's like half a teaspoon or a
2: teaspoon or something like that. Maybe a tablespoon of lemon lemon juice, I think. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But just whip it all together. Mm -hmm. Whip it. That stuff's delicious. Yeah. Um. What else did we make? Oh, yeah. The homemade ranch sounds really good. Yeah, I, I think the thing that I dislike about ranch is the industrial flavor of it.
1: Like oh, when you get like, like you Hidden mean. Valley Ranch from a yep. plastic
0: bottle, something about it, it's like the Doritos of the...
1: salad dressing dressing world
0: world. you're like i know that it tastes like it's imitating real food and i know that you can make it out of real food but this is not real food
1: i've always there's something about ranch that's just always grossed me out but but because it's always come from a bottle like i Ah. there's something about like there's nothing about the flavor that i can be like oh this is i don't like this all the things that are there i like yeah but ranch dressing is just like my least favorite thing me too Mm. um Like when people want to have like ranch dressing and they're like dipping everything into ranch dressing, and I'm like, this is disgusting. But though lately, it's because you're a communist, obviously. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but lately, because of the whole sort of, um, for lack of a better word, the sort of hipster food movement of like everything being very like boutique and like bespoke, um, Uh I've had really good ranch and I've been like, oh, this is amazing because you Mm -hmm. go to a restaurant and they're serving like hot wings or something, but it's not like, you know deep fried hot wings in a vat from cisco or whatever in a big frozen bucket mm-hmm. it's like mm-hmm. actually decent hot wings with and you know the ranch is like something the chef decided they're gonna whip up and <laughs> right yeah and so now i'm like my mind has changed ranch dressing might be actually amazing which i get to how you might then arrive at really liking ranch dressing mm-hmm. even out of a bottle because then mm-hmm. you crave even a memory of the thing that tastes even good. a faded
0: yeah. yeah representation
1: speaking of condiments i think i'm the only person i know who just has almost no interest in ketchup
0: you're not the only person we know oh yeah yeah i feel like we know a lot of people like that
1: i it just i like i just ketchup is just so boring yeah oh. That it
2: tastes so like good. corn syrup to me. Oh. Well, maybe you should try making your own homemade ketchup. Maybe see. I
0: so the Hell's Kitchen ketchup. We ha- I told you about this. Yeah. Hell's Kitchen in Minneapolis makes some amazing ketchup. I think talked about it. No, no,
2: you don't like that. But I no, love that, and in
0: fact, I think I accidentally used that Waterburger spicy ketchup, and I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> like my taste buds were just like, mm, why. <laughs> not what i wanted at all mm. who ruined the ketchup <laughs> that's it you're
1: not invited back to texas okay <laughs> oh, there's that. that's gonna make some awkward travel burger times. ever assuming we can ever travel again
3: <laughs> right
1: having to drive around texas if you're going anywhere anywhere <laughs> from southern california anywhere texas. else in that direction is pretty life. <laughs> <laughs> like it's driving through texas is a rite of passage if you're going anywhere in the south right? oh yeah the great yeah. texas detour yeah <laughs> the day of driving oh, it's like no it'd be like if i had to avoid la it, <laughs> it sucks like any like leaving san diego to go anywhere means driving through la pretty much most of the time unless i'm going towards yuma mm. right
3: mm.
1: or texas i mean right so east east yeah but a lot of east, it's still go through LA and then go east. If, oh, to if you be get efficient, up to 10. yeah, because you if you head out eight and you're right along the border, there's not really a good opportunity to really head north until you get out past no. where you guys are yeah. out in Yuma, right? Yeah, and before that, and then from there, it's still like you're in the middle of nowhere for a long time. Yeah, yeah. Like I wouldn't, you know, going to Vegas means going through LA.
0: Yeah, that's you right.
1: Going, go oh, yeah. Like go yeah, you want ten, yep. yeah hmm yeah, so
2: you can take eight and go up to palm springs
0: last yep. time we drove through vegas we stopped just to find a bathroom and then kept going
1: yes that's right mm-hmm. we were amazing
0: it was amazing yeah it was we were that was a fast trip um i have one other recipe that i thought was really good yes
1: please <clears throat> wait i don't know if that mixes with the theme of this particular podcast hmm Go ahead. It doesn't matter. I'm. I'm just trying to. I've been advised that our podcast isn't really on point, and so I just want to make sure that we stick to the whole design thing. I is have there so many point? points. Yeah. No. There is a point. Sharp, our sharp podcast points. is about so, art. the top of my head, art and design. That is our mm-hmm. our category. That is what we stick to. We only discuss well, art and design. A
0: recipe is a design.
1: Yeah. So tell me all about designing this particular food experience. <laughs> <laughs>
2: There's the Californian.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, so pickled jalapenos.
2: Oh, that was, yeah, we did the pickled jalapenos. Oh, I don't like
0: them fresh. I don't like the flavor of them because they taste like green peppers and I hate green bell peppers. That's fair. They're garbage yeah. food.
2: Garbage food. <laughs> Food you feed to other food.
0: Food you feed to other food.
1: Uh-huh.
0: No, I mean like if you have to do something to them, you have to give them a treatment. Like yes. you stuff them with something and cook mm-hmm. them, or I don't know, slather them in cheese and bread and then deep fry them. If they more smoked, cheese, isn't
1: that ang- um,
2: um, green? Well, no, chipotle. Chipotle. Chipotle is smoked in a in a
1: sauce. Yeah, that's yeah, a but jalapeno. It, but it's a jalapeno. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. So. Yeah, right. You gotta, but you can't just hear no, this just, right. pepper eh, right. crunch. Mm-hmm. So, um, I remember always enjoying eating pickled jalapenos on cheeseburgers when I was younger.
1: Oh yeah, at That's a good.
0: restaurant that was like black and white checkerboard floor. Yeah, and had green neon everywhere. So everybody oh, that's looked amazing. Like, it looked like the afterlife in Beetlejuice. Uh-huh. Like <laughs> super unappetizing, uh-huh. and like especially the you know everything green. The pickled jalapenos were like this weird, sick green color uh-huh. on the little like topping salad bar. But yeah. it was delicious. But it was delicious, right? So I've always had a fondness for the pickled ones, and then I found out how stupid easy they are to make. Uh-huh. So here's the deal: It's one cup of water. One cup of white vinegar, yeah. like the kind you can use to clean your house, yeah. onus. Two smashed garlic cloves, which clearly is not just enough. point
1: of order, you should probably use it before for this before you used it to clean your house.
0: <laughs> you wouldn't want to, like, save it.
1: I'm just saying. I don't know. I mean, in a day and age when a particular person can mention oh, that um, yeah. disinfectants might be good and if you... Uh, right. They might help. That then the poison control sky, you know, calls skyrocket because people don't don't drink don't do that don't drink bleach and also don't use your cleaning vinegar after you've cleaned with it don't start Lysol use fresh fresh cleaning (laughs) vinegar anyway white vinegar sorry fresh cleaning vinegar (laughs) I'm fucking this up just it's there's a joke in there somewhere about some president saying some stupid thing I don't know what you're talking about
0: there's okay so I'm gonna start over I don't remember
1: what president it was sorry
0: one cup of water yeah. One cup of vinegar, two smashed garlic cloves, increase to your s- sense of satisfaction. I don't think two is enough, so like a whole bulb if you can probably get away with sure it. Yeah. yeah two one to
1: one ratio of garlic to anyway, sorry,
0: yeah, um you're never going to get through this two are you? tablespoons of sugar, one tablespoon of salt, and then seven or eight jalapenos sliced into you know like the little life preserver little rings. rings yeah. yeah. And then uh you bring all the stuff to a boil. Okay. Including the peppers which you just dump in once it's boiling. Yeah. And then you cool it down. Yeah. As soon as you put the peppers in. Yeah. And then you wait for it to cool down and then you pour it into a jar and you put it in the fridge.
2: And that's it. And they're delicious. Sounds amazing.
0: Yeah. You just top off the jar with the liquid and it's so easy and they're super good. And apparently, if you put it in the fridge, they're good for up to two months. But I mean, that's probably just what you have to say, right? Right.
1: Yeah. I mean, usually, usually you can, we could probably can, we should can some. Yeah. With that canner. Anyway. Yeah. So we've been putting them on
2: that roasted potatoes and cheese thing. And it's delicious. Yeah.
1: Speaking of doing things at home, canning, if you've never done canning, is actually really easy. There's different, yeah. um, I'm not going to get into the details of it, but you can Google it and look up canning. But there's, I used to um, do it with my grandma as a kid. Yeah, like you don't even need a pressure canner. So if right. you have a pressure cooker, um, you can can a wider range of things safely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But without a pressure cooker, you can can lots of things as long as the acid content is a certain amount. Yeah, um, and you can can them safely. But canning is really. I, canning is a really interesting thing to do too. Yeah. yeah. Um, we used to make preserves all the time as a kid. Yeah. Right.
0: And that's if you want it to be like shelf stable, for instance. Yeah. If you have a massive garden and right. the only way that you can right. process all that food, process all that food yeah. is to can it, then right. mm-hmm. yeah, you there's a great I mean, it's not as bad as people think it is. It sounds like it used. To, it seems like it used to be this whole thing.
1: It, it's really not. Um yeah. and you can most hardware stores still sell lots of canning jars. Um, yeah, so well, he, ca- oh, like man. Walmart for sure. I was um, just gonna oh, yeah. say, yeah, we got yeah.
0: some in the dreaded,
1: the dreaded Walmart. Walmart. <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, I don't know. That's my
0: yeah. yeah. So, I mean, these are, not all of these are fermented necessarily. They're just like right. things that I've made for the first time. I also have, a, like, I made kind of like a cheap version of tomato sofrito. What's that? So, you just, it's where you kind of like cook down tomatoes and um, uh, like a handful of other things. There's usually like garlic and a couple of spices uh-huh. and it's the base for a lot of other things. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, it's like a Spanish tomato sauce, or maybe it's Italian. Uh, I don't know, because I didn't write it down because I, I didn't actually follow the recipe. Yeah. So uh, what I did is I just took the mini heirloom tomatoes, yes. like the teeny tiny little guys, yeah. and I chopped up a bunch of them. And I did that because the skin to tomato ratio is pretty good, and yeah. it's real tiny shreds of skin. And so it gives an interesting texture. You don't have to peel all those itty bitty tomatoes. Right. I chop it up, and then I put... um some salt and pepper and a little bit of olive oil and garlic uh, but not too much because you don't want it to taste like pizza sauce. Right, right. Um, And then what was the other thing that you put in it? Maybe, uh, I don't remember. Let's see, cumin, cinnamon, ground cloves. That's a tomato jam. Um, You can put like spicy stuff like habaneros in it but basically what you do is you make a pulp out of it Uh and you kind of like cook it down until the the pulpy, watery stuff just evaporates out. Uh-huh. And then what you're left with is, is kind of like tomato jam or like a tomato spread. Um, and I just put it like on our breakfast sandwiches. It's kind of like the tomato version of guacamole. Like you just mash oh, it down. Awesome. Like tomato yeah. mash. Right. Um, but if you made it sweet, it would be tomato jam.
2: Huh.
0: Yeah. I just didn't jam it. You didn't jam it. I didn't put any <laughs> sugar in it. Because those little, uh, those little tiny... Yeah, little was jamming. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Those little tiny tomatoes are very very sweet usually. Uh-huh. Um so you don't actually have to add anything to them to make them sweet enough awesome. for a breakfast sandwich. It sounds awesome. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It is good. Those breakfast sandwiches are incredible. No, Nom, No,
0: no. Nom, nom.
1: Yeah. yeah I you've made those for me before. They are great.
0: They're delicious. Um
1: Okay. So should we do like a tip for living well in hell do you have i don't want to cut you off damon if you have any more suggestions or thoughts about cooking i'm spent you're spent used up <laughs> yeah. um i'm hungry now
0: i uh here's uh, here's one i guess i don't know um
1: it doesn't always have to mesh by design sometimes a little discordance is um is is perfectly pleasant.
0: Um. Well, I had one on here that was try before you buy. Yeah. But I I'm going to amend it to just say try making it home before you buy it <laughs> <No>. <laughs> because it turns out it's way it's way better, way better. Yeah, <laughs> like way better. Like that sour cream. Now I want some of. Now I just want to eat the sour cream. I'm thinking about the sour cream yeah. in the fridge. Right. I'm gonna want to go eat some.
2: You're gonna give go me some.
0: Um, yeah, like try making stuff. This is like kind of a weird opportunity to like try and fail in a little bubble. Like nobody's yeah. going to know that you started some weird hobby while you were sequestered in your garage. Like, right. You can fail as much as you want and no one would be the wiser.
1: Yeah. I mean,
2: fail safely, it. please. Right. It yeah. won't burn down the house. It Don't won't burn, burn down the house. Down the house
0: but right. like try doing some stuff. You know, uh, a friend of ours who uh, taught us aerodynamics. dynamics. Oh, yeah. Um, was I'm a huge fan. Remarking about how how kind of obsessed over like the cottage industry around like home brewing and like crafting and things yeah. are with are like Generation X. Yeah, and I was like, that's because our parents spent their whole lives. Industrializing everything to the point where you're so disconnected from the shit that shows up at your house, you have no idea that it's actually just easier and tastes better to make your own. Right. Yeah. like oh, that's yeah. how disconnected you are. And I was but like, th-
2: how does that make an economy? How does that make an
0: economy? How does that make an economy? What What's the Dow Jones Industrial <sighs> Average say about sour cream right. today? So uh, yeah. my point is, like, in that conversation that we had at the time, it was like we're probably just seeking out ways to be connected to things because being totally disconnected from things it turns out
1: doesn't healthy? work so well
0: it yeah. doesn't work so well right um anyway so try making it yourself before you buy that is my sometimes tip sometimes
2: it's <laughs> so easy as shaking buttermilk and milk together yeah that's pretty <laughs> and amazing and forgetting about yeah. it and cream together
0: yeah it's like the perfect uh like Busy parent slash stoner recipe. recipe. Like right. you can just totally forget about it till the next day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be fine. It'll yeah. be better. Yeah. <laughs> anyway.
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, that's great. Okay. Yep. So our, t- our tip for living well in hell is to uh, try making it at home.
0: Try making it at home before yep. you buy it.
1: Okay. Uh, I think that that's good. You, yeah. yeah. All right. Okay. <gasps> okay. Bye. Okay. Bye.